The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome again to National Disability Employment Awareness Month. And as you all know, I am all about employment for Americans with disabilities because we know without that, you will never, ever, ever be free in this country. You are in for a treat. You are in for a special treat. You have no idea how excited we have been about this show because our guest today is the new Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy, Ms. Kathy Martinez, and she is a civil rights blazer for Americans with disabilities in all areas, newly appointed by President Obama. Welcome to the show, Ms. Martinez. Thank you, Joyce. I'm glad to be on your show. Oh, we're so excited to have you, and I know my listeners, and by the way, you listeners, you are awesome. You know that, how you followed this show because you're all concerned about quality of life for Americans with disabilities. I bet you recognize that voice of the new assistant secretary because she's been on before, and if you go to the website at Voice America or BenderConsult.com, you can hear all the shows over the past five years, and the assistant secretary was on when she was the executive director of WID, and that is why you recognize her name, and it's so wonderful to have her. Let me ask you this there, assistant secretary. Yes, ma'am. When you, were, when you were a young girl, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine you would be in this position today? No, I never did believe I would be an assistant secretary of labor. Um, I had lots of things I wanted to be when I was little. <clears throat> my first recollection of when I was little and my parents had an idea about what they wanted me to be, um, I think the first thing was a nun, which of course we all know. <laughs> Not all the first choice, okay? Right. No, that 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 didn't go. That didn't last very long. And then I think I wanted to be a cowboy. Uh, and you know, when I when I when I didn't understand that all the range had been fenced in, um, <laughs> and I went through some a lot of iterations of of um, of what I wanted to be. Um, obviously, I didn't end up being either a nun or a cowboy. Um, but I did know that I wanted to. Well, I guess one of the things I should say is that. You know, I was allowed to dream. I was really allowed to have an imagination and to imagine, you know, my adult life doing something productive. I can tell you that. Um, and I, I did know that I would always want to work with people. I always liked helping people and being a part of, uh, you know, I was a part of a big family. So being a part of a disability rights movement or a women's rights movement or a gay rights movement, you know, was kind of, all in preparation for me to be right where I am, right here. 
And you know what? We are proud to have you right where you are. So tell me, Assistant Secretary, what does this mean to you? What, what does this whole role mean to you? Well, it means that I have a chance to help put a vision uh, into to make a, a vision of a civil rights movement a reality. It means that I have a chance to mentor young folks with disabilities, young women with disabilities, people of color with disabilities, white men with disabilities, um, gay folks with disabilities, and people who are not disabled. It just means that I have a chance to uh, hopefully make a difference and to increase the employment rate of people with disabilities all over this country and hopefully to serve as a model for the rest of the world. Well, if anyone will do it, it's you. I want to tell you something about the Assistant Secretary. First, I want to send a special greeting, as I always do, to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko. Hi, Yoshiko. Hey, Yoshiko. We love you, Yoshiko, and I bet you're so thrilled to hear this Assistant Secretary on here right now. I want to say to all of our listeners and to the Secretary of Labor, Solis, how uh, you all picked the right person. This woman is the real deal. Just so all of you know, you know, I want to tell you about her, is that she really cares. There's no bull crap with her. She really cares. She really wants to make it happen for Americans with disabilities gaining employment. She really does. And she lives it every single day. You watch what's going to happen. You just watch. And Assistant Secretary, I did want to ask you, with the Obama administration, what do you see happening that will work to increase competitive employment for Americans with significant or, or targeted disabilities? Well, the, the administration, or the president from the beginning, um, before, from even from before he was president, um, has made disability um, a central plank in his campaign. Um, and so he... I think he's showing the, the world um, by walking the walk and not only talking the talk that he is serious um, by appointing uh, the White House uh, Special Assistant Kareem Dale and um, just by appointing a number of us who are um, people with disabilities in, dis in disability positions but also in non-disability specific positions, in, uh, which would be the case of Christine Griffin, who's uh, the Deputy uh, Director of the Office of, of Personnel Management. <clears throat> I think that by doing this, the President is saying that he realizes that folks with disabilities are qualified and competent to be in the workplace, and that the people he appointed are all trailblazers in their own right, and really are, are working together to increase the uh, the number of folks with targeted disabilities throughout the entire federal government. And then, really, I think that um, one of my goals is to learn from, from private employers what works, what are best practices, what are positive affirmative action models. Uh, and so we can take their experiences and, at least in the government, and, you know, increase the number of folks um, with significant disabilities and targeted disabilities as part of the federal workforce. I, I, I really believe that the president views disability as 
part of the fabric of diversity and that he, he sees that we, um, that, that disability impacts the aging or the incumbent workforce, uh, folks of color, um, you know, people who are coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq with injuries, um, both evident and non-evident. So I think the president really does see disability um, as a pivotal part of the overall diversity agenda and something that we really need to take seriously, especially as our population ages. Yes, and I want to remind everyone listening to the show, do you all remember on Election Day what happened? On Election Day, Kareem Dale and Michael Strautmanis, on Election Day, called in and did the show from Chicago. I mean, I can't even imagine what their life was like that day, but they took time because they wanted to stress their belief in people with disabilities. I will never forget that. And, of course, Kareem was on the show at the beginning of this month with Tony Quello and has been on uh, another time. But I also want to mention with President Obama, remember, everyone, he knows disability. His father-in-law who passed away had MS. It's real. He knows it. And I'm going to tell you, that makes such a difference when it's right in your life. And just by appointing Kathy Martinez, it just says volumes to me. So, Assistant Secretary Martinez, can you tell our listeners what is the Office of Disability Employment Policy, in case they don't understand that, and what, what is your role there? Okay. <clears throat> well, the, uh, the Office of Disability Employment Policy was established in 2001, and it is basically to uh, the whole goal um, wrapped up in a neat package is to increase employment opportunities for folks with disabilities. And there's a number of programs from within the office, um, and in case you all don't know, the, the Office of Disability Employment Policy is within the Department of Labor. And we have a number of, of programs working within the federal government, working with private employers, um, as I said, uh, learning about best practices. Um, we are currently beginning to collaborate with our sister agencies from within the department, the Office of Federal Contracts Compliance, uh, the Employment Training Administration, um, the, the Federal Employment Compensation uh, folks, and the Women's Bureau. Um, and really, um, ODEP, the Office of Disability Employment Policy, has a number of goals, and we work with a variety of constituencies to increase, um, to develop policies, really, um, which whose impact will hopefully increase employment of people with disabilities. So, for example, we have information uh, about accommodation. We use the Job Accommodation Network. So if you're a private employer and you want to know about how you're interested in, in recruiting, retaining, uh, and promoting folks with disabilities, and you want to know what you should do if, if somebody is uh, maybe a wheelchair user um, or a blind person, you could call uh, the Job Accommodations Network. Um, we look at how, uh, through our adult uh, program, how what are different ways to have work? Um, there's a concept called supported employment, where you know you you kind of 
want we want to look at how the job is structured. Um, and a lot of the, the tools and the policies that are being developed for people with disabilities are very applicable for other populations as well. Um, we're we're going to begin a program very soon called Add Us In, where we're going to work with um, uh, folks of color, uh, uh, national organizations representing um, different minority groups to increase employment of minorities with disabilities. Many of you know that um, folks in the, that the Latino community, the African American community, our communities tend to have a higher incidence of disability because of bad health care, violence, um, AIDS, uh, poverty in general. And we tend to slip through the cracks of the disability service delivery system. But we want to look at that. We want to work with minority-owned businesses and say, hey, folks, you've got to hire your people here. Um, and so we have a lot going on. Um, we're very proud to have National Employment uh, uh Disability Awareness Month, all month, as you did say, and we've got some activities here at the department on Thursday with the Secretary of Labor. Um, but we're just we're just doing lots of different things. Well, that is fantastic. I'll tell you what, uh, Assistant Secretary, I think as you're talking about all this, I think we have a caller on the line right now. Ooh. Uh, hold on, Evan, are you on the line? Uh, I am. Oh, Evan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are oh, you? Oh, wonderful, Evan. It's so nice to hear your voice, Evan. And oh. Assistant Secretary, I'm going to tell you, uh, Evan Frazier is a pillar in the Pittsburgh community. He, just what you were talking about, I am so honored that I'm on the board of the Hill House working with people in the Hill District, mainly from the African-American community, um, and it's just so nice to hear from you, Evan. Oh. Did you... You're so kind. I mean, you, you, Joyce, I have to say, are just have continued to be an inspiration uh, in so many neighborhoods and so many communities, and uh, we all appreciate that. Well, thank you. Do you have, did you want to talk to the Assistant Secretary? Well, I just really wanted to, to say thank you for your perspective and thank you for uh, some of the words you've been sharing. Uh, well, it's we my so pleasure, and I, I hope I can meet you someday and, and maybe visit Hill House. Oh, that would oh, be Yes, would we would love to have that, wouldn't we, Evan? Oh, that would be tremendous. Uh, we we are so excited about uh, the notion of you know what what can be done and what uh, we need to build off the things that have happened in the past, but not enough has been done. And so, uh, with, with your leadership and uh, with people like Joyce, we know there's a real opportunity uh, to really make bigger inroads. And uh, we've been exploring that. And uh, you know, Joyce and I have had a number of conversations. In fact, we've been uh, meeting with a number of folks. Uh, about you know how can we have an impact on this issue of employment, particularly uh, in African American communities, uh, for people with disabilities, and uh, we we think that uh, there are some solutions out there that uh, we we can model, and then hopefully show uh, show how they can uh, benefit people not only here but hopefully across the country. And Assistant Secretary, I just want to mention something that I was on a board call the other night, and at the very end, uh, Evan had to tell the board about some of the great things coming up. The first thing he talked about was how excited they were that they are participating again in Disability Mentoring Day tomorrow. Well, Disability Mentoring Day is a wonderful um, event, which is hosted uh, by the American Association of People with Disabilities. Uh, 
and it happens all across the country where folks uh, with disabilities go to different work sites and, and learn about what's possible. Absolutely. Um, you know, at some time in our lives, every one of us has had a mentor or a teacher or a guide that has really helped us along. And um, they don't necessarily have to be the same. They don't have to, you know, have a disability or they can have a disability or they don't have to, you know, be... Uh, same gender or race you are, but usually we all have mentors that have made a tremendous impact on our lives. And one thing about Disability Mentoring Day I want to say is that it doesn't happen enough. And I would like to see folks with disabilities be mentored every day. But this is a good start. It's a wonderful example, and companies, uh, both private uh, and public sector, really do step up to the plate to to increase um, kind of the... Um, the opportunity of folks with disabilities to go to different job sites and learn about different job opportunities and prospects. One of the things that I think it does is, you know, one of the, the tenets of the, of the disability rights movement is choice. And choice means a range of acceptable options. And so when we talk about employment, you know, we really want folks with disabilities to have the broadest exposure possible to those to that range of acceptable options, and and also to have role models so that we know that that certain types of work are possible. Because not too long ago, um, you know, blind people were were making uh, uh, you know we were tracked into very very low end work. Um, deaf people were printers. Blind people made brooms. I mean, right. that wasn't so long ago. And I think even more if you're a person of color um, from a neighborhood where there's not some, you know, uh, disability services, um, you know, you, your, your chances of, of, of landing in a, in a decent job and, and perhaps even being able to get off benefits um, are even slimmer. So we really want to cast the net wide and, um, and include everybody in, in ODEPs, in the fab fabric of ODEPs. That's well, I, I'll tell you what, Evan, and first of all, thank you so much for coming in. But you can be sure, Evan, that we will be inviting the Assistant Secretary to the Hill House because I know very well how minorities with disabilities are falling through the cracks, and we're going to do something about it. But, Evan, thank you so much for calling in. My pleasure, and uh, to the Assistant Secretary, thank you. You bet. All right. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you something, you know, uh, what has happened, Assistant Secretary, is that at Bender, a very large number of our employees are minorities, whether they be from the African American or Latino or Asian uh, or Native American community. And, you know, what I just don't understand when, why when people say, oh, I'd love to hire a minority, but I just can't seem to find one. I don't know where they're looking because we put no special ad out, but we have many, many employees at the, at, over the years at Bender, and one of the reasons is what the Assistant Secretary talked about before, poverty. Poverty, all people with disabilities, many people with disabilities have in common. So I'm really glad that you are going to work on that. And also, uh, Assistant Secretary, we have a question here for you because we also are online with Twitter and Facebook as we're Very speaking. Good. Wow. Yes, and uh, one of the questions for you is 
from a Danny in California saying, uh, Assistant Secretary, we're all giving a big shout-out here that you have this position. I want to know, are you going to focus at all on people with disabilities from the gay community? Well, um, <clears throat> that's a very good question. Um, there's two things I'd like to say. One, the gay, I think we have to meet in the middle. Um, for those folks, for those of us who are lesbian and gay and bisexual and transgender, um, I think we have to be cognizant of disability as a political issue. Um, and for folks with disabilities, I want to say that we have to be cognizant of the GLBT issues as, as human rights issues and as, uh, as political issues. Um, you know, it's interesting. People with disabilities are often the only... Uh, we're often the only people in our families who are disabled. Um, and it's very similar to folks who are gay. Uh, very often, there's only one of us in our families. Um, and so we have that in common. And I have to say that um, I've actually been a little disappointed in, both, in the way both communities have reacted to each other. Um, I think that this is an opportunity um, with the current president to really get to know each other's issues and support each other. And I'm talking about, you know, workplace issues, health issues, um, and just kind of social justice issues in general. I would like to see the disability community and, and the gay and lesbian community come a little closer to support each other in all these in all these ways possible. Well, and I just a comment on that, which uh, you know I think it's so important what you're saying is that uh, last evening. We had the kickoff for Disability Mentoring Day. We have a kickoff, a gala, that we started doing this last year when AAPD had the launch right here in Pittsburgh, uh, and it is so awesome. And we have students as speakers. We have people from private industry. This was at Heinz History Center. Different companies at Pittsburgh sponsor this event and pay for it, and we have it's just hearing these students speak is just unbelievable. It so really gets the point across about Nash, about Disability Mentoring Day, which, of course, is coming up this Wednesday. And our keynote speaker was uh, Vice Chair Christine Griffin. That's, That's where our exciting. keynote speaker was, yes. And Evan Frazier and the Hill House were just one of the groups that were also there who had just called in, you know, a little a little bit ago. But one of the things I talked about is that as I do volunteer work the past eight years across the country teaching high school students with disabilities about the world of work, sadly, many of these students are bullied so much that some of them are attempting suicide in some successful. It's called bully-side. And may I say that if the person has a disability and they are gay, it is unbelievable. Gay students and students with disabilities are the most bullied. Therefore, what the Assistant Secretary is saying, you know, together we can do so much more. If all these communities get together, we have so much more power. We really do. So, um, you know, I really hope they take that seriously. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, Assistant Secretary, about your background at, at WIT. Do you feel that helped prepare you for this role? 
Well, WID, the World Institute on Disability, um, uh, is a nonprofit organization in Oakland, California, just so folks know. And I actually started working there in 1992 and started off as a uh, project assistant where I brought together some women with disabilities and women who had HIV and were uh, uh, HIV uh, positive and, and who had full-blown AIDS. Um, we, we had the, a group where we kind of learned about each other's issues and shared kind of the tricks of the trade from the disability movement with folks from HIV, uh, uh, with folks who had HIV and AIDS. Um, and I ended up, as some of you know, um, being the executive director at the World Institute on Disability for five years. I would say it absolutely did prepare me. One thing it, it taught me was, uh, well, first of all, it, you know, it's a, it's a disability rights organization. And so I was, um, I had incredible mentors um, that taught me a, a, a number of, you know, just so many things about disability rights, how it affects women, how, it, how poverty um, and disability rights are connected. Um, I learned a lot about international, uh, uh, global, kind of the global scene and disability rights and what's happening on an international scale. Um, and I also uh, started a, 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 a project called Proyecto Vision, uh, which was really aimed at the Latino community. Um, I kind of took my work, uh, well, I took the lessons learned from the international work I had done and really looked around and said, there's folks here that are from immigrant communities and are, um, and, you know, uh, don't have this and didn't grow up with a social safety net uh, like uh, those of us who were born in, in the United States. And I took a lot of those uh, those lessons and kind of, channeled that energy into um, a Proyecto Vision where we were working to increase um, employment opportunities for Latinos with disabilities. So yes, I would say that, um, that my experience with the World Institute on Disability really did prepare me a lot for the work I'm doing here at the Office of Disability Employment Policy at the Department of Labor. Well, I think it did, too. And we're going to talk to her even more about that. I just want to mention a couple of things. If you just tuned in right now, we are talking to the newly appointed Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy, part of the United States Department of Labor, Ms. Kathy Martinez, which is such an honor to have her on here. I want to remind you... She's newly appointed, so this gives you an idea of her commitment to all people with disabilities, that she wants to get that message out. So if you're listening to the show today and you're saying, oh, I wish someone else would have heard this, what you do is tell them to go back to voiceamerica.com and listen to any of the shows over the past five years that have been archived or go to Bender consult.com happy to have you listen to this show very important for you to get it out to young people we need to know our history folks i am joyce bender a woman living with epilepsy and a hearing loss and i host disability matters at voice 
www.voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Assistant Secretary Kathy Martinez. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. If you can't put down a good mystery novel, you'll want to check out Mystery Matters with Fran Stewart. Each week, you'll hear from the top mystery writers of our time. From suspense thrillers to forensics, you'll explore all of the categories that make a great mystery work. Not only will we discuss the secrets of the story, but we'll go behind the novel to sort out all of the pieces of the puzzle. Broadcast live each Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Mystery Matters, where murder is an open an ordinary sunny day, an ordinary family's living room filled with an ordinary bunch of kids, and they were doing nothing. They were couch slouching, they were rug imitating, and lazy minute after lazy minute was passing them by, when suddenly... Huh? Hey guys, that's a personal foul. An active activity on a sunny day. Coming to the rescue was NFL running back Reggie Bush. Players don't get lazy penalties. Let's play. Those kids, they listened to Reggie. They got up and play they did. There was fun and running. There were smiles and jumping. And laziness was crushed. Hey kids, don't get a lazy penalty. Kids, listen to Reggie and avoid lazy penalties. Be a player. Get up and play for an hour a day. Go online to check out smallstep.gov for fun playtime ideas. So you can be a player, too. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a player. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back as we are celebrating National Disability Employment Awareness Month and... Disability Mentoring Day tomorrow, who better than to have the honor of having the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy, 
Ms. Kathy Martinez as our guest today. And, you know, when we were talking about, Assistant Secretary, you know, this new role and all the things that are happening, which so many things are happening in your life, I am sure you also are excited to be working for our Secretary of Labor. I have never had a better boss. The woman is amazing. She is truly in our in our corner. She really believes that disability is a part of the fabric of the diversity tapestry. She is, um, when she says, you know, her goal, her overarching goal is good jobs for everybody. And I truly believe that when she says that, she means it, and she means it for people with disabilities. She means it for injured workers, for, you know, aging workers, for women workers, for people of color, for the gay community. She truly means good jobs for everybody. And she gets that, you know, that folks with disabilities have a lot to contribute. We are one of the kind of, we're like, we're the final frontier when it comes to an untapped resource pool. And she has been extremely supportive of the work that ODEP is doing, and she is very interested in the fact that ODEP, ODEP collaborate with other agencies at the Department of Labor. Yes. I was <clears throat> very impressed when I met her briefly uh, at the White House when the President signed the UN uh, <coughs> Treaty on Rights of Persons with Disabilities, the Convention on Rights of Persons with Disabilities, um, and such a nice, very nice person, um, so highly spoken of by two people I admire, Tony Quello and Ann Kinkor. And I, I just believe that, you know, you're all going to make such an impact. So I, I am very excited about that. So tell us, what, what are, like, some of the key issues you hope to deal with, uh, Kathy? Well, I would like to... Um along with my colleague, uh, colleagues at OPM, uh, Office of Personnel Management, um, Vice Chair Christine Griffin and, and Chairman John Barry, um, and the folks at the Department of Ed and Social Security. Uh, one of my goals is to... Well, wait a minute there. Hold on. Who were you just talking about at OPM? Uh, Christine Griffin. I think we have a caller on the line right now. Oh. Go ahead, caller. Hey, guess who this is? I heard you talking about me, so I... Oh, my goodness gracious. Actually, I called in before you ever said my name because I wanted to say how happy I was that you're where you are and that we're going to be working together. Well, folks, so you know, this is Vice Chair Christine Griffin, soon to be over at OPM as the Deputy Director. Thank you so much for calling in. Go ahead, Vice Chair. Well, I just wanted to say how happy I am that Kathy is, is the Assistant Secretary over at Office of Disability Employment Policy. We, in the short time that she's been there, we've already met several times and, and crafted some ideas. But, Kathy, I, I thought maybe you might want to tell people some of the things that we're cooking up to work on together to increase employment. Okay. Well, I hope it's not too soon, but <clears throat> I, I guess... No, go right ahead. Here we go. Uh, one of the things that we're, we're looking at is um, that OPM and, and the Department of Labor is to have a, a job fair sometime in the spring um, where we want to get as many departments uh, in the government as possible there. Um, we want to, we, we're going to do a major recruiting effort for qualified folks with disabilities who may qualify for Schedule A, which is a hiring authority. Um, 
and we hope, and I hope I'm not pushing it too hard here, to, we hope to have, um, you know, to hire folks right there on the spot, to have interviews and, and hire folks. Um, we know that that, um, that that the government has quite a few positions to fill in all, at all different levels and all different departments, including labor, and we would like to kind of, you know, uh, blaze the trail along with our partners at OPM uh, to do that. And so, you know, that's that's one major thing I think we're going to do. Um, we're looking also, um, along with the Office of Personnel Management, at all you folks out there who <clears throat> happen to be federal contractors. Did you know, Joyce, that 22% of the Fed, of, of the American workforce is, is uh, hired by federal contractors? Or wow. Folks that contract with the federal government. 22%. Wow, I didn't know it was I didn't know it was that high. It's high. Oh so, my goodness. So, we're looking um we're working with our folks at the office of yeah. of federal contract yes. compliance. To, no, uh, I hear you. We're 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 looking at uh, developing some positive affirmative action models um to recruit, retain and promote folks with disabilities. Also, uh, at the Department of Labor, um, we're working um, to help folks, if, if folks are injured on the job, you know, how can we assist people to maintain their jobs? Not necessarily always go out uh, on disability, but how can we help them understand the, the concept of accommodations and the fact that they may be able to return to their job with an accommodation rather than go out on disability? So those are some things that we're working on, and we're very excited one thing that's new about this administration is that the uh, that we, we work together with other departments and we like it. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. I'm, I I can't tell you how excited I am about all the prospects of of all of us working together with a common goal and really putting our heads together and our resources together to make it happen. It's really exciting to be a part of. Well, I'll tell you what. With the two of you, Vice Chair Griffin <laughs> and the Assistant Secretary, I have no doubt it's going to happen. Well, we have a lot well, of support with the President and um, in the White House as well. Yeah, we really do. I, without the support of, of uh, this administration from the President on down to Kareem Dale, um, you know, we wouldn't be able to do any of this. So it's really, like I said, it's exciting to be a part of this initiative. Well, thank you. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, again, absolutely thrilled that, that you're where you are, and I, I look forward to working with you more. I look forward to getting over to OPM so we can do even more. Thanks, Christine. All right. Thank nice you. Thank you. you. Thank you for calling in. Uh, you know, i got to tell you what. I have still not recovered from the 22% number. Wow. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, you know, that are being employed by folks who get um, federal dollars to provide contract work and we would like for those folks to be hiring folks with disabilities like us. Yeah, me too. There you go. Me too. <laughs> Listen, I think we had a caller on the line. Do we still have a caller on the line? Go ahead, please, if you're there. Uh, yes, Joyce. This is Debbie Carr calling from the Epilepsy Foundation. Hey, Debbie, how are you? I'm enjoying listening to your conversation and oh, Secretary Martinez. Nice so to thank hear you so me. much for having her. Uh, this is a question for the Secretary. Um, as you both know, employment is near and dear to our hearts, and it's a critical element for independence in this country for anyone. The Epilepsy Foundation has a strong initiative of employment, and we're trying very hard to educate 
Hispanic and Latino communities about epilepsy through employer awareness training and through caregiver education. But again, reaching individuals and getting job placement and employment is critical for independence no matter what. And what I'd like to know from uh, Secretary Martinez is what can be done at the federal level to really tackle and address the issues of employment for Hispanics and Latinos with epilepsy in this country. Okay. Well, can I can I broaden? Um, Absolutely. Can I broaden it to instead of just epilepsy to other significant disabilities? Yes. Okay. Well, here I go again. Um, I think. As I said with the gay and lesbian community, I will say the same to my Latino brothers and sisters or Hispanic brothers and sisters, depending on what coast you're on. Um, I would say that we have not, in in the Latino community, really have not um, been as cognizant as we might to reach out to folks with disabilities. And I would say that in the disability community, the same is true. We have not really reached out to the Latino-Hispanic community um, many of us, when we provide services in the disability community, they're not, um, you know, they're not in, in Spanish. Um, and so I think we have to, um, you know, in, in the Latino community, um, for folks who, who didn't grow up here or who might be, you know, first generation, um, a disability has, has traditionally in, in our culture been a, 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 an issue that the family deals with. So many of us are not accustomed to the social safety net or to the disability service delivery system. So we don't go outside of our homes for help. Um, so I think when, and when we talk about the concept of independent living in the disability community, and we tend, I think, to have sort of a middle-class idea of what that means. And what I mean by that is, you know, the idea of, of moving out of your house when you're 18. So in, in our culture, in the Latino culture, folks you know, very often don't do that. So I guess it's a matter of having conversations. Um, I guess on the federal level, you know, it's really making sure that um, the Hispanic um, uh, employer groups, um, the, I, don't, I know that there's like a federal Hispanic uh, group, um, mm-hmm. you know, is um, takes disability just as seriously as the disability working groups or the disability affinity groups or the disability employer groups take issues um, related to, you know, folks who speak a different language or um, are from a different ethnic background. I think we have to start there. And it's going to be, you know, one person at a time. And we have to remember that attitude is caught, not taught. You can't teach somebody how to have a different attitude. You can tell them to have different behavior, and you can't legislate attitude. And that. That still is our biggest barrier. You know, the fear and the misconceptions and the myths and stereotypes about disability um, um, is still, you know, our biggest barrier and I think in people's fear of, of the unknown. So the, the, the way we, we deal with it is to hire more people who are disabled, to hire more people of color who are disabled, and then we, we, we're kind of part of the fabric. We're not such an, you know, a special... Um, exotic uh, part of the workforce. And uh, as we, we get to, you know, people get to know us, they, they see our uh, you know, good points and bad points, and, and I think that's what will dispel the myth the most, <laughs> is to get folks with disabilities and folks of color with disabilities into the workforce. 
Absolutely. And I just want to say, uh, Debbie, you know, I am very honored. Uh, as you know, Assistant Secretary, I am the new chair of the board of the National Epilepsy yep, Foundation. But people with epilepsy are also people who are blind or people who are deaf mm-hmm. or people with traumatic brain injury or people in wheelchairs. You know, it's never just one thing. <clears throat> but what we found in the Latino community is that there were, as you just said, all these myths, uh, barriers, uh, even really lack of people providing translators when the person would go to the doctor and <clears throat> they had no idea what was going on. Therefore, am I right, Debbie, that we are putting out all information in Spanish in addition to English? Absolutely. Oh, yes, and I am very committed to that and it will remain that way because I know how hard it is as a woman with epilepsy to go to the doctor I can't imagine not understanding what's going on, which, of course, is what our uh, deaf sisters and brothers go go through. But I am very committed to that, and Debbie is helping me lead that charge. So, Debbie, thank you so much for calling in. And thank you both for your comments. Thank you, Debbie. I'd like to say also, though, you know, the media is very important. And when we want to reach out to a community, we have to reach out to the community in the way that impacts them the most. Um, it might not be the way that we're used to, to reaching out. So, for example, one thing that um, that was very successful for me in the past is to uh, connect with uh, Spanish radio. Um, in some parts of the Latino community, there's a low literacy rate, and, um, you know, and people listen to the radio a lot. Obviously not in all parts of the Latino community, but um, I think, you know, getting getting the message out in media that people are used to listening to is really a big part of the answer. And also, you know, people like to see themselves represented. If you don't see yourself on TV uh, or if you don't hear yourself on the radio, uh, that's why this show is so important. You know, you don't know what's out there and you don't know what you don't know and you don't know that there are people um, that are, if you're a child especially, you don't know that people grow up and, and, and people like you grow up and become successful very common you know that people with disabilities don't have role models um, so you know we, we it's hard to to ha- to make choices when you don't see what's available when you don't see what the range of acceptable options are and the way you see that is to have folks demonstrate what those options are do you know who taught us that who's that we were smart enough to put on our board um, a doctor from the Latino community and the first thing she said to me was, Joyce, if you're really serious about this, get ready to go into the communities of New York. Get ready to go where the people are and about the radio. Yes, we, again, I'm going to tell you, and I want to say this to everyone, when you're trying to reach out to a group, it's really crazy when you have a board and you don't have people that represent the community. I you know, agree, we, Joyce. We, we would not have known this wealth of knowledge about the Latino community, were it not that we made a point, which I give credit, by the way, to Tony Quello for all of this, for recruiting and putting on our board doctors and neurologists that specialize in epilepsy from the Latino community, and that is what really taught us, hey, wait, don't do it this way. This is what you need to do. And, you know, no matter what you're doing out there, whether it's with any community, 
You know what? That's why you need young people on your board. You're never going to reach young people, and we do have a national youth council, but you're never going to reach young people if you don't hear from them versus dictating to them. Yeah, you can't what speak for them. That's one of the tenets of the disability rights movement is that we, 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 need, we, we must speak for ourselves. So often in the past, people have spoken for us, whether it be doctors or our, our parents or our caregivers. And one of the tenets of the independent living movement is that we, we speak for ourselves. Oh, and we have to. We have to. Uh, let me ask you this, uh, since you just talked about young people, Assistant Secretary, what advice do you have for any young people listening to the show today, young people with disabilities who are really struggling at school uh, because they feel different and maybe they're bullied or maybe they're just set aside or labeled, what advice do you have for them? Well, I think, and if you know, bullying is a very tough situation, and I think that um, one of the, the, the things they can do is to find an ally. And um, I think it's very important, even though somebody may not have a disability, doesn't mean they can't be an ally, but um, the most important thing is to find allies. Maybe the ally is not directly in the school, um, or maybe they are, but Find an ally and to really, uh, I would say if you're in high school or uh, college, you know, uh, to prepare for a job, start volunteering, start um, looking at internship programs. The Office of Disability Employment Program has a, uh, uh, sorry, Office of Disability Employment Policy Office has an internship program called the Workforce Recruitment Program where we recruit from college campuses and um, um, we recruit folks with disabilities for a three-month internship uh, throughout the government. And uh, many of these folks get hired uh, within the government. So it's an opportunity. But there are also other internship programs if you're too young for the WRP. Um, I say that the best thing you can do, you know, is to just keep uh, trying to stay involved Find an ally. Find people like yourself. That's one advantage of the Internet that we didn't have when I grew up um, is that you can, you know, find, um, you can find allies. And I think, I think it, it is an unfortunate situation that, um, you know, lots of kids with disabilities are being bullied in schools. And um, I think if we talk about it, um, the more we talk about it, hopefully the less it will happen. Yeah, well, I have a young man uh, with epilepsy that they would hit in the head and say, come on, let's see a seizure. I have a blind uh, student that even in Girl Scouts, they would make her walk places to fall down and, and to get hurt. And, you know, I've had all these terrible stories, and guess what? What I told them is, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to empower you, and you are going to help me be a voice to other people going through just like you. You are going to be that voice. That's why we have a Bender Leadership Academy yes, for these young impressive. people. But may I, I ask you, can we count on you? Can I say to you, Assistant Secretary, that for these young people that are being bullied, made fun of, whether they're blind, deaf, disfigurement, whatever it is, that you believe in them? I believe in them, yes. You can count on me to, to do that for sure. All right, do you hear that? She believes in you. She was... She is the Assistant Secretary of the Office of Disability Employment Policy, and remember, 
she is a person who is blind, and she is Latino, and it didn't stop her, did it? <laughs> Thank you, Joyce. It didn't stop her. There she is. So a couple questions before we close the show. Um, one is becoming the Assistant Secretary of the Department of Labor. Wow. I don't know how you can have a greater accomplishment, but you will. I'll be talking to you in the future, and it will be a higher level. But at WID, what did you consider your greatest accomplishment? Well, I think one of WID's, um, you know, you, you leave, you know, as your greatest accomplishment is what you leave when you, you know, what you, what, what, what you leave behind when you go. And I think um, my, I wouldn't say greatest accomplishment, but I think one of the accomplishments I'm the most proud of is the international work that WID has done and continues to do and how I think it's so important, especially since the president signed the Human Rights Convention on the Rights and Dignity of People with Disabilities, um, that the United States, um, the U.S.-based disability community get more involved in what's happening around the world, um, not just to teach, because we do have a lot to offer here. This country, um, you know, within the last 30 to 50 years has done phenomenal work in um, improving the quality of life for people with disabilities. And, and that's going to really make a difference as, as we age. Um, you know, we have wheelchair ramps. Who uses wheelchair ramps? Everybody does. Um, but I think just also we have a lot to learn from our brothers and sisters in the other countries. And so I'm very proud of the work that WIT is doing outside of this country. And I'm very proud of the fact that we were able to bring some of the lessons learned um, in developing countries and start projects like Proyecto Vision. Um, I'm also very proud of a project that we have called Curriculum uh, uh, on, a, on Abuse Prevention and Education. And it's a, it's a, a curriculum on, um, on violence and disability and abuse and disability. And it's an issue that a lot of people don't talk about, but it's, it's prevalent. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of a lot of the work that WID has done um, in the area of attendant care services and, and the area of benefits planning. Um, as you know, being on benefits is a very complicated uh, situation if you want to try to work. And WID really did develop some of the first disability benefits 101 planning calculators where we, um, you know, you can kind of look at, uh, you can enter in your statistics and kind of look at what employment, how employment would impact those benefits that you're on. So I think we've done a lot in a lot of different areas that's very solid and, and very proactive. Well, that is wonderful. What, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today, Assistant Secretary? Well, I would like to uh, say that everybody has uh, a power within, and I think the key is just finding each other um, however we can. And, you know, I think we're, we're a powerful force, both disabled and non-disabled, and um, and, we, and I, I want us to continue to work together even more closely, all of our ally groups. Um, and really, I think if we do that, we can change the world. I believe that, too. Assistant Secretary Kathy Martinez, what an honor to have you on the show. May I say this? I am behind you. We are behind you, and you will always have a voice 
on Disability Matters and Voice America. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Joyce. It was a pleasure. And we all we always end the show with a famous quote from a famous civil rights leader, and today is Assistant Secretary Kathy Martinez, who says, disability rights is means choice. And you know what, folks? Choice means employment. We want to work. Yes, we do. We want to work. Thank you so much. Get ready tomorrow, folks. Get ready for Disability Mentoring Day. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters and so does employment. Every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.